Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered in multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Wednesday, folks. We've got our Wednesday film study today. Breaking down some film, going into uh, deeper narratives and all that to see if we should be buying and selling teams heading into week 17, folks. Uh, so some of the film studies we are going to be watching today are Bills, Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Chargers, Texans, Ravens, Bengals, and Washington and Dallas. So we've got those to watch for. And get us right for tomorrow's show where we start predicting and reacting to the lines and all that. Um, also, as we go through these film studies, we are going to kind of decide, are these teams that we're talking about playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders, playoff contenders, or just pure trash, folks? So we'll keep an eye on that as we go through the film and the plays to see who's good and who's not and all that. Um, we've got our NBA Daily 10 to go over. We've got a couple of more NFT Panini cards, NFL to open open bought some packs so we'll open those today on the show as well and then if we have time i don't think we will but once again continuing with kind of the end of the season playoffs uh now that we've kind of predicted the last two weeks of the season and we've got you know the playoff teams set we can go through the playoff matchups and declare winners and see who we think the super bowl winner is going to be uh we'll try to get that done before sunday show before kind of week 17 uh goes and we will try to update it after week 17 and all that. Uh, so that's what we've got. Let's get 10 minutes on the clock here and start the show. So here we go. 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes of uninterrupted basketball talk, of which has happened yesterday in the NBA. So here we go. 10 minutes on the clock in the 10 minutes start right now. All righty. Handful of games on in the NBA last night. We had two bets going. How do we do? Well, you got to stick around for that. But here we go. First game up, Bucks at the Magic, and the Bucks get the win here, 127-110. Um, you know, Bucks all good to go here, just still without Brooke Lopez, but once again, that's fine. So here we go. Bucks get the big old win, 127-110. Nice 17-point win for the Bucks last night. Giannis, 28 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. Classic Giannis. Chris Middleton, 21 points. We'll give him that shot. Pretty solid, 57%. I'll take 50 57% shooting a night by Chris Middleton any day of the week. So that was well done by him last night, 21 points. Bobby Portis at the five, still a dominant presence down there, 19.7 rebounds. And remember, he was, you know, pretty solid in the playoffs as well last season. So picking up, uh, you know, coming off the bench, obviously with Brooke Lopez out, and it's just been so fantastic, so reliable, so consistent. And maybe they keep him at the five even when Brooke Lopez returns. I don't think it would uh, be something uh, that Mike Butenhauser would, you know, not think about. We have Grayson Allen still struggling out here to get any offensive production. Three points on four shots. And then Drew Holiday, 18 points, 10 big ol' assists. And then also Pat Connaughton off the bench with 10 big ol' points. DeMarcus Cousins off the bench with 9 points. Dante DiVincenzo, 8 points off the bench. And George Hill, 8 points off the bench. So, really nice scoring production from everybody last night besides Grayson Allen, who was in the starting lineup. So, we were hot on Grayson Allen at the start of the season. But as the season's progressed, 
folks. He has just been cooling off and cooling off and cooling off. So we'll see how long he stays in the offensive lineup here. If he ever goes down to the bench, I don't think so. But he's definitely got to get a little bit more consistent and do a little bit more like he was in the first month of the season. So, Bucks get the win here. And then for the Magic, no Cole Anthony, so no win. We know this. Leading scorer was Franz Wagner. He had a night, folks. 28 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. He was a plus 4. And all the starters for the Magic were really in plus territory last night. Karis LeVert was a plus 16. Granted, he only played 18 minutes. We had Gary Harris in 37 minutes of play, 13 points, but a plus 8 on the floor. Wendell Carter Jr., 19 points, 10 rebounds, a plus 12 on the floor. That's pretty gosh dang good, folks. Unfortunately, the bench wasn't so good, and then, you know, we just saw the Bucks bench be very, very good. So that was the difference of the game last night. So Bucks get the win, 127-110. Alrighty, next game up is the Wizards at the Heat, and the Heat get the big old win here, 119-112. Let's start here with the Wizards. Still no Bradley Beal, so it's just Kyle Kuzma left by himself, and can he get it done? Well, we just told you they lost the game, so no, he couldn't get it done. Now, he did have 22 points, which is pretty solid. He shot pretty solid last night, 42% from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 22 points overall, 7 rebounds, but still a minus 8 on the floor. That was the second worst of the team. We need Kyle Kuzma to be the reason why they're winning, uh, and he just doesn't get it done. So, can't believe in Kyle Kuzma, unfortunately, and not having Bradley Beal. We know that's their number one. There is no bad ability in this Wizards team. We had Davis Bertans with 19 points off the bench. Spencer Dinwiddie at the 1, 24 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds. He was a plus 3 on the floor in the starting lineup, so it was possible. Kyle Kuzma just cannot be the man. He is not the guy. He's not the number 1. He's not a number 2. He's maybe an okay number 3 on a team, but you know you need two other great players on your team to be a number 3, and the Wizards don't have that luxury. They've got a great number 1 in Bradley Beal. Other than that, it's not the greatest uh, squad there. So, uh, Wizards lose. And then for the Heat last night, J uh, Jimmy Butler is back out. Unfortunately, they just got him back and he has to, you know, sit out still. Unfortunate there. So, Duncan Robinson fills in at the three and has a great night. 26 points, 8 of 16 from three. Jeez Louise. We, um, or no, I apologize. Jimmy Butler was in the game. He just moved to the two. I apologize on that. 25 points by Jimmy Butler last night. 15 assists. Fantastic. Eight rebounds. A great night by him. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then Gabe Vincent, nine points points, five rebounds. Tyler here off the bench led the team in scoring with 32 points and six rebounds. Very well done. And the Heat get the win over the Wizards here. Wizards, folks, they, they had a nice start. Just like Grayson Allen had a nice start. They're not a consistent reliable team moving forward. Wizards lose. All right, next game up here is the 76ers at the Raptors, and this was one of our picks from last night. We had the 76ers minus 6.5. The 76ers win, but they only win by 5. Dang, dang, dang. Lose it by a point and a half. Unfortunate. So the 76ers get the win, 114-109 over the Raptors, and the Raptors were uh, pretty uh, competitive last night. We give them credit, but let's start here with the 76ers first. Joel Embiid does his thing, 36 points, 11 rebounds. Tobias Harris does his thing, 19 points, 10 assists, 12 rebounds. Seth Curry, 12 points on 8 shots, not terrible overall. And then Tyrese Maxey, only 5 points and 1 assist. He had a really awful night last night, 2 of 11 from the field, folks. That is 18%. Not great. 
Luckily, they had uh, some nice bench contribution from Ferk and Korkmaz, 10 points, and George's Nyang, 19 points, 2 assists, and 3 rebounds on the night. He was a plus 12 on the floor, the highest plus minus for the 76ers last night. So, 76ers, a nice scoring performance, but we need Tyrese Maxey to be great. This was a little bit of a low game by him. We don't really see those too often, so we're still buying the 76ers team. We've still got no problem betting this team and all that. Uh, so, the starting lineup is back in action now here, and they're back to getting wins you love to see it and then for the Raptors last night being competitive without Fred Van Vliet give them credit we had Chris Boucher at the 5 28 points 19 rebounds a killer game last night Siakam at the 4 28 points again 8 assists and 6 rebounds and then Gary Trent Jr. 19 points 7 assists all that was fantastic uh, the big 3 of the Raptors tried to keep them close in this game unfortunately they just couldn't kind of you know put the nail in the coffin and win it down the stretch uh, Malachi Finn, Flynn filled in for Fred Van Vliet at the one. He had six points, three assists, and four rebounds. Didn't shoot well, tw uh, 16% on 12 shots. A little Tyrese Maxey-ish. But the 76ers get the win on the road, 114-109. All right, next game up here, Lakers at the Rockets, and the Lakers get the win here, 132-123 to 123 over the Rockets. Yes, the Lakers won, but we're still not buying into this team, and we're still not going to be betting this Lakers team, but they did shift around the starting lineup here, and they got the win here. We'll see if they stick with this and all that. Now, Malik Monk in the starting lineup at the three, 25 points, fantastic. We need Malik Monk. This is what we've been waiting for, folks, Malik Monk to be a great kind of offensive producer for this Lakers team and now he's in the starting lineup here we love it we need this level of play though on a nightly basis by him maybe not 25 points but definitely like 18 plus a night by him so great shooting 50% shooting 25 points we love that Malik Monk at the three we had Stanley Johnson at the four he had nine points five rebounds LeBron played the five last night for 32 points 11 assists 11 rebounds triple double for the king Avery Bradley still at the two here, 14 points. And then Russell Westbrook still at the one, 24 points, 10 assists, 12 rebounds, a triple-double for the King and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, seven turnovers, but still was a plus nine on the floor. So still active, positive production by Russell Westbrook. So once again, we're not clowning that man, folks. We're not clowning him like y'all clown him. And then Carmelo Anthony off the bench, great production by him, 24 points, nine rebounds off the bench. Everything was clicking for the Lakers last night. We'll see how long they stick with this lineup and if this lineup can get the production needed on a nightly basis to win. Shout out to Malik Monk, though. Love seeing that. Hopefully this is a, the start of something really great here because obviously the Lakers need something to kind of juice them up to turn around this season so far because everything's not been the greatest for them. And then they beat the Rockets. Uh, great scoring night by really everybody for the Rockets last night. Everybody was in double-digit scoring for the Rockets last night who played besides David Waba, who only scored seven points. So everybody was getting it done besides Daniel Tice because he didn't play. So, you know, that's classic. Um, Christian Wood, 22 points. We had Kevin Porter Jr., 22 points. And Jalen Green, 24 points. So they tried to keep it close here. They put up 123 points. That's great scoring numbers right there. Just unfortunately, the Lakers were a little bit better scoring overall and we kind of have to credit that a little bit to Malik Monk man so Lakers get the win 132 to 123 
All right, next game up, Knicks at the Timberwolves. This is one of our picks of the night, and this one hit. We had it at uh, Knicks minus 3.5, and, and then as we were taking it, y'all were actively betting it up, and then it went to Knicks minus 4.5. Whatever you got it in at, they covered both of them. Knicks get the win, 96-88, to a nice 8-point win for them last night. So one of one officially last night, and uh, unfortunately we just lose overall on our parlay because of a point and a half. How unfortunate. Uh, but the Knicks last night, uh, Evan Fournier back to not being the greatest out here. 13 points on 35% shooting. Kemba Walker going back to, you know, not great. So after the holidays, Kemba Walker is back to slumping. Once again, why we weren't buying 100% into this Knicks team after Kemba Walker went on kind of, you know, two good games over here. Uh, that is our 10 minutes. So let's quickly wrap up the final couple of games up here. So Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, back to not being great. Uh, we had Julius Randle, 13 points, 15 rebounds. And Mitchell Robinson at the 5, 14 points, 18 rebounds as well. Nobody really went off. That's why they only really scored 96 points. But luckily for the Timberwolves, nothing great was there either. They didn't have any of their big threes. So once again, that's why we bet on the Knicks. And that's why there was no great value with the Timberwolves of not having their big three. Leading scorer was Malik Beasley with 20 points. Second leading scorer was Jaden McDaniels with 18 points. And then the third leading scorer was Jalen Noel off the bench with 11 points. We know that's not going to get it done. Knicks get the win. Then we get the Cavs at the Pelicans, and this was a close game all night, but the Pelicans come away with the win, 108-104 over the Cavs. And why? Because of rookie Herbert Jones, folks. 26 points for the Pelicans, and he got it done. No Brandon Ingram last night, and Herbert Jones truly kind of took over that offensive production, so shout out to Herbert Jones. And then Valanchunas, 15 points, 10 rebounds, always reliable there. Uh, for the Cavs last night, no Jared Allen, unfortunate. So Evan Mobley playing the five, and he had a pretty solid night at the five. 22 points and seven rebounds. Ricky Rubio, 27 points, nine assists, 13 rebounds. But not having Darius Garland, not having Jared Allen, we knew that uh, you know we couldn't bet the Cavs, and this is why we couldn't bet them. They lose 108-104. Then we get the Nuggets at the Warriors, and the Nuggets get the three-point win, 89-86. Uh, just Jokic by himself, able to get it done, 22 points, 18 rebounds. And then also Will Barton with 21 big old points as well. And then just for the Warriors, a little shorthanded, not having all their great pieces. No Draymond Green, no Jordan Poole. So it's just Steph Curry by his lonesome with Andrew Wiggins. Steph Curry, 23 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. He shot 5 of 14 from the 3. And then Andrew Wiggins, 21 points, 8 rebounds unfortunately nobody else could really step up the offensive production that's why we stayed away from betting the Warriors last night they lose 89 to 86 and then the last game of the night the Thunder at the Kings Kings get the win 117 111 Lugans Dort now at the one they've been moving him all over the place Lugans Dort at the one 19 points 8 rebounds he shot 33% and Shea Gillis Alexander does Shea Gillis Alexander things folks 33 points 5 assists 5 rebounds unfortunately no other great production for the Thunder to match those two stars on that Thunder team. And then for the Kings last night, we had Tyrese Halliburton led the team in scoring 24 points, 10 assists. De'Aaron Fox, good to go still, 12 points, 8 assists. Buddy healed off the bench, 21 points, 3 of 7 from the 3. Still coming off the bench, folks. He's going to be traded. We know this. Uh, so the Kings get the win, 117-111 over the Thunder last night.
All right, those were all the games last night in the NBA. Let's quickly, got to go through this very quickly. We've got a packed show. Uh, but let's quickly see if we can make a little bit of money here in the NBA. Any great value, we, we went one of one yesterday. Let's see if we can do a little bit better and hit 100% in some money tonight. So here we go. We get Hornets at the Pacers. Hornets plus three, Pacers minus three. We don't bet the Pacers, and we're not really buying this Hornets team 100% just quite yet. It is kind of growing here, uh, but not ready to bet them. Plus three, not the greatest value quite yet. We'll stay away from it. Then we get the Knicks and the Pistons. Knicks on the back-to-back. -back. We'll stay away from it. Pistons, no value there. We get Clippers at the Celtics. Now, this could be interesting. I don't love the spread. Clippers plus six, Celtics minus six. So I'm assuming right off the rip that Paul George is still a no-go here. So for the Clippers, Paul George is still out. Reggie Jackson is still out. And Nicholas Batum is still out. So those are all their players that score regularly all out. So we're not going to take the Celt uh, the Clippers here. And then for the Celtics, uh, Ennis uh, Cantor Freedom is still out. Marcus Smart's a game-time decision. Dennis Schroeder's out. Jason Tatum's out, Aaron Nesmith's out, so garbage on garbage, backups playing backups, B-Squad versus B-Squad, we'll stay away from this game. Then we get the Hawks at the Bulls. Hawks plus eight. Bulls minus eight here. Uh, this Hawks team um, plus eight here. Lots of outs. Daniil Gallinari out. Lou Williams out. Georgie Diang out. Uh, Bogdanovich out. John Collins out. Timothy Luawe Cabaret out. So a lot of outs there for this Hawks team. And then for the Bulls, anybody playing for them? Uh, Derek Jones Jr. game time decision. Lonzo Ball is still out. And Alex Caruso is still out. So they still got DeMar DeRozan, so, uh, you know, minus eight there, not the worst value, uh, but we, I think we're going to stay away from that. Clint Capella, Trey Young, still good to go. We'll stay away from it. Then we get the Lakers at the Grizzlies. Lakers on the back-to-back. -back. Yeah, definitely no thank you. I don't care if they're getting six points. No thank you. Lakers plus six. Grizzlies minus six. Now, Grizzlies minus six seems pretty good. They've been, you know, beating very good teams consistently all season. Um, John Morant out winning games. John Morant back in winning games still. So, uh, Grizzlies minus six. Maybe some good value here. Let's see who's all in and out. For the Grizzlies, we get Dylan Brooks is out. DeAnthony Melton is out. Um, and that's really it. So solid there. And then for the Lakers, Rondo is still out. Trevor Ariza is still out. Anthony Davis obviously still out. Kendrick Nunn is still out. So um, Lakers on the back-to-back. -back. I doubt they get that great production again. Grizzlies have just been on a tear, folks. Grizzlies at home. I think we're going to swallow the six here with the Grizzlies. I think I'm liking it. And I think this Grizzlies team is truly starting to turn a corner over the last couple of weeks here in the NBA. And our uh, you know, like we said kind of yesterday on the show, have to kind of be a little bit talked about at the elite teams in that Western Conference. Grizzlies sitting at that four seed. So we're going to swallow six here with the Grizzlies tonight, folks. All right, then we get the Heat at the Spurs. Heat still kind of, you know, not at their full strength. So we're not going to bet them. Heat plus six, Spurs minus six, no value in the Spurs. We get Thunder in the Suns. Thunder in the back-to-back. -back. No, thank you. Suns minus 14 and a half. We'll, uh, not going to swallow all those points tonight. No, thank you. Uh, then we get the Jazz at the Blazers. Jazz minus seven. Blazers plus seven. All right, now this could be a little interesting value as well here. Uh, let's, uh, you know, we know there's no value in betting the Blazers, uh, for the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell is still going to be out, so, uh, you know, we know they're deep, but, you know, Donovan Mitchell is kind of the number one scoring, you know, threat on that team. 
Uh, but Mike Connolly could get it done as well. So, um, and then for the Blazers, CJ McCollum is still out. Ben McLemore is out. Nurchich is still out. A lot of outs still here by the Blazers. Uh, Jazz minus seven on the road. Is that good value to us? Let's uh, keep it in the back of our mind. We got one more game left here. Let's see if we like this one a little bit better. We get Mavericks at the Kings. Mavericks minus two and a half. Kings plus two and a half. Kings on the back-to-back. -back. Let's see what's all good to go here for the Mavericks. Tim Hardaway Jr. is still out with the COVID-19. Uh, Maxi Kleber is a game-time decision. Luka Doncic is still going to be out, and they've kind of been, you know, they've they just never been consist consistent, this Mavericks team. Luka in the lineup still losing. Luka out of the lineup still losing. Uh, you can't kind of put a finger on what this Mavericks team is overall, so we'll stay away from them. And uh, Jazz minus seven. I think we're going to take that. <clears throat> Jazz, I believe in their last meeting, it was a little bit of a closer game, no? Uh, yeah, Jazz beating the Spurs by six. I think they get back to, you know, a little bit of a dominant win against this Blazers team that just has, you know, they've uh, they've got really nothing. I don't think Chauncey Billups is the right coach for this team. I think they've overstayed their welcome. We've said that plenty here this season already. And Damian Lillard, we have not seen Dame time at all this season, which is very uncharacteristic of the man. So, we've got a little bit of a two-teamer here. We're swallowing a lot of points here tonight, but I think it's good value overall. We're taking the Grizzlies minus six and the Jazz minus seven, looking to go two for two instead of one of two like last night. Feeling good about it. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for tonight, for today, I should say. Uh, so let's head over and open a couple of cards, and then we will get into the full swing of our NFL film study. But here we go. Panini just dropped these NFT NFL Mosaic Glass Insert Packs. Three cards a pack. You get the one mosaic insert and then two base cards, folks. Now, there is a challenge for these mosaic inserts and the challenge is a Justin Fields card so if you get all 15 of the uh, uh, challenge cards you do get the Justin Fields mosaic now we can't pull Justin Fields in the inserts because he is the challenge but I don't think we want to pull Justin Fields anyway the man's not really looking good we're more interested in the Mac Jones rookie um, so we're looking for either of these five uh, mosaic cards, Kyle Pitts, Challenge Mosaic Card, Russell Wilson, Delvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Allen Robinson. We're looking for either one of those or a Tom Brady or a Mac Jones or really any high profile rookie. Um, and then any number one card. That's kind of what we're hoping to pull here. So let's uh, start opening these packs. We've got 10 of them. We'll go through these a little quickly here so we can get to our film study. But uh, let's start opening these packs and hoping for something good. We got to pull a number one. We have not pulled a number one at all. And we've opened up our fair share of packs over here. So we've got uh, the uncommon over here. Uh, so let's open up the base cards first, and then we will open up the mosaic, and hopefully we get that Tom Brady mosaic, that Mac Jones mosaic, or any number one card. Uh, the mosaics are out of 500, numbered out of 500. So here we go. Pack number one, base card number one. What are we looking at here? Ooh, a Patty Mahomes base card. Okay, not a great number. 1596 out of 1999. The base cards, uh, some are out of uh, 2000, some are out of like 500, 1000, all that. This Patrick Mahomes one, nothing great. All right, base card number two, pack number one. We got Calvin Ridley, who is not playing anymore. Ooh, a solid number, though. Number 63 out of 1999. Too bad. Once again, he just is not playing anymore. Damn it. 
All right, here we go. First insert mosaic card. Insert number one of pack number one. Come on, Mac Jones. Come on, Tom Brady. Come on, number one. We got, ooh, Justin Herbert. I'll take a Justin Herbert card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the mosaic in the back. Yes, sir. Nice looking card. 425 out of 500. All righty. Not a bad first pack, but we can obviously do a lot better, folks. A lot better. So here we go, pack number two. Uh, we're going to open up all these packs. The packs have not sold out. A little bit of a blunder on my part. I thought they were going to sell out. They didn't sell out. So uh, no point of holding the packs. We'll open them all. If they don't sell out within the first five minutes, folks, it's not going to be that good of a pack, most likely. Uh, but here we go. We can still pull a number one, which will always go for money and all that. A Mac Jones will always go for money. A Tom Brady will always go for money. So that's what we are truly looking for here. But here we go, pack number two. Base card number one, pack... Car, uh, pack number two. Here we go. We get DK Metcalf. All righty. 1607 out of 1999. And then base card number two of pack number two. We got the Gronkster in the house. Yes, sir. 1861 out of 1999. But now we've got our mosaic insert card, folks. Here we go. Justin Herbert was a good start. I'll take a good start. But we got to keep getting better. So here we go. Insert card number two. Pack number two. We got Josh Allen. Alrighty, 374 out of 500. I'll take a Josh Allen card. You know, he really got it done. And we are going to be watching him in our film study to decide if the Bills are true Super Bowl contenders or just playoff contenders or are the Bills just pretenders in general. We'll see. We've got to dissect the film and we're going to be looking at Josh Allen heavily here. So we got his card here. Not bad. 374 out of 500. All righty, a little bit of a, you know, it's a, it's a solid start, but we need better than solid, folks. So here we go. Let's open up pack number three and hope to get something a little bit better. Let's start getting a little bit better and then a little bit better and then a little bit better. We still got eight packs to go. So here we go. Uh, base card number one of pack number three. What do we got? What do we got? Jeff Okuda for the Lions. All righty, 1407 uh, out of 1999. Nothing great. Base card number two of pack number three. We got Devontae Parker, wide receiver for the Dolphins. 956 out of 1999. And then that brings us to our third insert card here. Once again, we've pulled two quarterbacks. I'm cool with these nice quarterbacks here, but we need the rookies. We need that Tom Brady. Here we go. Number three insert card here. We pulled another Herbert. All right, another Herb. 495 out of 500. If you're going to give us duplicates, you got to give us that number one dupe. Come on. Come on, Panini. What are we doing? All righty, so two Herbies so far. In our mosaic glass inserts. Here we go. Let's open up pack number four. Hopefully for another good base card. You know, let's get a good base card. A number one of something. Can we get a number one? My brother got a number one. A number one Ricky Williams. And I was pissed, folks. I haven't got a number one. We want a number one. Can we get a number one? Here we go. Quest of the number one. Let's see if it's in pack number four. Base card number one of pack number four. We got, oh, Dak Prescott. Yes, sir. Oof, Dak Prescott. Love what the Cowboys have been doing here so far this season. And we are watching the Cowboys in our film study. Not Dak Prescott, the defensive side of the ball. But still, Dak was slinging it this weekend. We'll give him a little credit for that. All right, uh, base card number two of pack number four. We got Kylan Hill. And I believe his cards have been going crazy. His base cards have been going crazy. And I don't understand why. Rookie card here, 915 out of 999. I want to say these cards are selling for like 30 bucks. So I think this is a good pull right here, folks. I will take it. Rookie cards, that's what we're looking for. 
All right, mosaic glass insert. Are y'all ready? Card number four. We've got two Herberts. Don't really want a third, but let's see what they give us here. Come on, number one. Come on, rookie. And we got Kyler Murray, another quarterback out here. 266 out of 500. Still not that coveted number one. All righty, let's open up pack number five. We're about to be halfway done, halfway through our cards here. And we got two Herberts, a Josh Allen, and a Kyler Murray. Let's pull a number one or a Mac Jones or a Tom Brady, folks. Are y'all crossing your fingers? Are y'all chanting Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Mac Jones? Come on, give us that good luck. Here we go. Base card number one of pack number five. What do we got? What do we got? Stefan Diggs. Alrighty, we've got that Josh Allen. We got the Stefan Diggs. Alrighty. Uh 542 out of 1999. Not terrible. Here we go. Base card number two of pack number five. Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, I'll take a ooh, and a great number. 32 out of 1999. Yes, sir. Minka Fitzpatrick. Great there. Great safety. One of the top safeties in the league. Uh, I love him, man. All right, here we go. Halfway through, right here. Insert card number five. Come on. Give us that number one. Give us that Tom Brady. Give us that Mac Jones. And we got Julio Jones. The wrong Jones. You gave us the wrong Jones out here. And this is Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I don't know if that's better or not than the Titans, Julio Jones. But we got Falcons, Julio Jones, 189 out of 500. Okay. All right. All right, we got to do a lot better in the back half of these packs, folks. Got to do a lot better here. So here we go. Keep crossing your fingers, folks. And if you haven't been crossing them, start crossing them. Here we go. Pack number six. Back half of the packs here. Here we go. Card number one. Base card number one of pack number six. We get T. Higgins, and he's been going crazy here. He just went crazy last week. Holy cow. Uh, 1947 out of 1999. Base card number two of pack number six, we get Andre Johnson. All righty, the legend Andre Johnson. Uh, 14, 1568 out of 1999, nothing great there. And then here we go, insert card, insert card number six, pack number six. Here we go, come on, Tom Brady. Uh, we get Devontae Adams. All righty, uh, 68 out of 500, nothing great there. We are getting a little killed here, folks, a little killed here. Four more packs, four more opportunities to pull something absolutely fantastic. Can we do it? We better. Here we go. Pack number seven. Base card number one. Give us something good. Jerry Judy. All righty. Uh, 688 out of 1999. Nothing great. Base card number two of pack number seven. TJ Watt. All right. We're building the Steelers defense over here, folks. 841 out of 1999. And that brings us to our insert card number seven, folks. Come on. Mac Jones, rookie number one. Tom Brady, number one. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? And we are going Devontae Smith. I'll take a rookie Devontae. Smith card here. Yes, sir. 163 out of 500. Eagles have been getting it done this season, and Devontae Smith is a huge reason why I love that. Alrighty, alrighty. Now we got to do a little bit better than that. We're back to doing decent here. Got to do a little bit better here than Devontae Smith in pack number eight. Here we go. Base card number one of pack number eight. Come on. We can still get a number one in the base cards, folks. We get a Walter Payton card, 1135 out of 1999. Nothing great. Base card number two of pack number eight. We got Chris Godwin. Nothing great. 1239 out of 1999. And here we go. The insert. Mosaic. Glass. Here we go. 
Eight, number eight, come on, Tom Brady, Mac Jones, Jamar Chase. All right, now that's good. Another rookie card, Jamar Chase, 368 out of 500. Yes, yes, got the two best rookie wide receivers. Oh, I forgot Jalen Waddell. I should, you know, maybe that's a little disrespectful to say. I got two of the top three best wide receivers of the rookie class so far. Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, but now can we get Jam uh, Jalen Waddle? I'll take a Jalen Waddle card. I'll take a Jalen Waddle mosaic insert card. Okay. Here we go. Pack number nine, though, folks. Here we go. Two more opportunities to pull something great. Let's see what we get. Here we go. Pack number eight, nine, base card number one. We get Jeremy Chin. All right, 1717 out of 1999. Base card number two of pack number nine. We get Trey McKitty. All right, rookie card, 746 out of 999. And then here we go. Insert card number nine. Let's pull that Brady. Let's get that mac and cheese. Here we go. Insert card, and it's Christian McCaffrey. 436 out of 500. Great. He's not even healthy anymore. Can't stay healthy. He's about to be done in the league. Can't stay healthy. All righty, one more pack, and we have gotten zero Tom Brady's and zero Mac Jones. Not a great pulling so far, I'll tell you. So here we go. Three final cards, two more bases, one more insert. Need that number one. Need that Mac Jones. Need that Tom Brady. Can we get it? Do they save the best to the end, folks? They better have. Here we go. Base card number one of pack number 10. Fred Warner, okay, 14.19 out of 19.99, nothing good, base card, last base card right here, come on, come on, come on, and we get Jamal Adams, all right, nothing good, it's a decent number, 230 out of 19.99, but nothing good, all righty, final Insert card, final card, gotta be the big one. It, we've been waiting all to this moment. The last card, gotta pull something ginormous. Come on, Panini, do us right. Final card, final insert, mac and cheese, Tom Brady, any number one. What do you got for us? Another Jamar Chase, number 34 out of 500. Alrighty, I'll take two Jamar Chases. Alrighty, so here we go. Let's recap what we've just got here, and then we will check the auction house to see if we're we're in the green or not. So here we go. We got one Jamar Chase insert, one Christian McCaffrey, another Jamar Chase, two Jamar Chases, folks. One Devontae Smith, one Devontae Adams, one Julio Jones Falcons, one Kyler Murray, two Justin Herberts, and a Josh Allen. Let's hope those are going for a little bit of money instantly on the market. Here we go. Let's see what we get here, and let's see if any of the mosaics that we didn't get are going for more money. What did we leave? What did we leave on the table? I believe these packs are still for sale, so if you want to throw your hat in the ring, head over to Panini and try to you know claim some of these NFTs. But here we go. Going to the NFL market, public auction house. Here we go. Uh, let's go to trending so we can get to actual prices that people are actually bidding on currently. So here we go. Here we go. All righty. Um, what do we got here? So far, none of the glass inserts are being bid on. That's not good. All these other cards are getting bid on, folks, currently. Uh, here we go. Tom Brady Mosaic insert, 18 bucks already. I mean, that's what, we're, that's what we wanted to get. Dang it, dang it, dang it. 
Uh, 18 bucks, not as much as I thought, but it's still, you know, beginning. There's 10 bids already. Still got 22 hours left. All right, any other mosaic inserts? We get the Mac Jones going for 34 bucks already. That's what we were looking for. Damn you, damn you. Um, what else do we got? Any Jamar Chases? What do we got? So far, only the Tom Brady and the Mac Jones inserts are being bid upon currently. Uh, nobody wants any of the other ones, it seems. Alrighty, so not good. <laughs> not good, folks. Not good. So, mm, mm, mm. granted, you know, you have to wait a little bit. Some people can put their cards on instantly. Sometimes you have to wait. Um, so this is not looking good for us, folks. We can uh, leave it at that. So not great polls since we didn't get the Tom Brady or Mac Jones. And so far, those are the only ones up on the auction being bid upon. So not great. All righty. A little swing and a miss there. Unfortunate. Alrighty, now let's head over to our film study, folks. Start breaking down the film. Start seeing. We've got, you know, two more weeks left in the NFL. Who should be trending up? Who should we be betting on this week? Who should we be staying away from this week? Who should we be putting in Super Bowl contender category? Who should we be putting in the playoff pretender category? We're going to go to the film and look and decide and uh, see how we should be feeling about these teams heading into week 17 so here we go our first game on our film study we got to take a little bit of a look at here is bills at the patriots and we want to watch josh allen here he had a really good game got it done and once again this bills offense is only going to be josh allen they don't run the ball they did not run the ball here against the patriots um they used josh allen to get the revenge of the patriots on their first meeting when the patriots only ran the ball and only threw the ball three times the bills decided to throw the ball with josh allen and have josh allen be their leading rusher to get their revenge to get 33 points to drop 33 points on a very good new England defense at New England. So let's watch this highlight tape by Josh Allen. See what he was looking like. And then we can determine if we put this Bills team in Super Bowl contender category or playoff contender category or if they are playoff pretenders. I don't think we'll go playoff pretenders, but we'll see what the film shows us, folks. So here we go. Five-minute highlight tape of Josh Allen's best plays from the Patriots, folks. And let's remind you of his stats one more time before we get into the film. So here we go. Josh Allen went 30 of 47 for 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, clean game. So let's watch this man sling the ball. Let's watch this man run the ball. And let's see how we should be feeling about this Bills team heading into week 17. So here we go. Josh Allen, what do you got for us? First play up. It's a third and seven. Buying time and then throws a dart on the money right there to McKenzie for the first down. Pressure right in his face here. Not really time to kind of step into the throw. Just flicks it and that's right on the money. And that's for the first down. And when you you know do throw the ball 45 plus times, 47 times a game, you know, you're going to need accurate. You're going to need you know somebody that can be mobile. Somebody that can buy time. Somebody that can you know find the open receiver after you know the initial kind of three seconds. 
So that was great by Josh Allen. Now, next play, we get Josh Allen running the ball. And y'all know we love Josh Allen running the ball. We want to see more of it here. And that's a nice run for about seven yards. A design quarterback run here. Perfect. That's the only really thing that we love about Brian Dable is that he does plan for specific designed runs for Josh Allen. Here we go. Next play up. Play action pass. Nothing open. Buying all the time and then throwing right back in the middle of the field. And this is accurate as heck. Man, oh man. Josh Allen. Uh, so much time to throw. Escapes out of the pocket here. Keeps his eyes down the field. And then look at that tight window. He had to fling that back inside too. I mean, when Patrick Mahomes makes this throw, folks, everybody goes crazy. So we got to keep up that same energy uh, with Josh Allen here. And now here we go. Fourth and two at the four-yard line. Josh Allen, boom, boom, a nice strike to the back of the end zone to Isaiah McKenzie for the touchdown. Once again, plenty of time to throw here for Josh Allen. Nothing open on first read, second read, third read, but keeps his eyes moving, keeps his eyes down the field, and finally finds that open receiver on a clutch down fourth and two, folks. Uh, they, uh, kick off the scoring. Get up 7 nothing quick here over the Patriots, and the Bills are rolling, folks. Solid drive right there. Solid plays by Josh Allen. So much time, and that's really great. That offensive line protecting Josh Allen, they give that man a clean pocket. Once once again, gives Josh Allen that opportunity to just keep his eyes down the field to wait for something to finally get open, and it was getting open all game long, so great there. Now to the second quarter. Tie game, 7-7. Josh Allen at the 40-yard line. And here he goes. Up the middle. Boom, boom, boom. Josh Allen so quick, folks. And he doesn't want to go down. And that's what we do like about Josh Allen. He's big. He's beefy. He doesn't need a slide like Tua does. Tua needs to get down immediately. Um, if there's any defender within five yards of Tua, you get down. You slide. You don't dive. You slide. With Josh Allen, he can stay on his feet. And that's why we want Josh Allen to run because he doesn't just go out of bounds. He takes every inch he can get while being safe as well. We never really see Josh Allen take big shots, but he still gets all the yardage he can out of every single run, and we see it right here. This isn't a designed quarterback run. He decides to take off with it because everything is open in the middle of the field, takes off, and what do we got, like a 30-yard run? Let's count the yards right here. Here we go. Back at the line, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 yards right there. Quick as heck, gets them inside the red zone. And that's what Josh Allen can do with his legs. He's super quick, folks. He's very fast. His height makes it not look that way. But when he's outrunning every other defender on the field, yeah, the man's got some nice speed. All right, here we go. Second and seven seems to be on like the next play or two. Dumps it down to Stephon Diggs. Bingo, bango. Picks up the first down, keeping the ball moving. And here we go, another fourth and two. Can he pick up another fourth down conversion? Here we go. Uh, pulls it down, couple of pump fakes, and then look at this sidearm action to Stephon Diggs. Are we going to get a replay of this? I would love an angle from the back view. No? All righty. So let's uh, rewind it ourselves right here. 
just buying all the time, nothing open on his first read or second read. Again, watch this man kind of pump fake, pump fake, and then slings it vertically or horizontally right there, kind of sidearm, and it's right on the money to Stefan Diggs. Had to get it between these two defenders and then get it out in front of this defender that's all over Diggs, and he's able to do that. And then Stefan Diggs being absolutely great, able to get 10 yards after the catch because he's very, very good, and we all know this. Now, here we go, third and 11, Josh Allen, empty backfield in the red zone right there, and once again, going to Stephon Diggs. Uh, I, I want replays from back angles on all these throws, folks. Man, oh man, these tight windows, Josh Allen is slinging this ball into, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is the Josh Allen that we saw all last year, folks, not the Josh Allen that we kind of got for the first, you know, 13 weeks of the season, maybe even all the way up to like week 16 obviously or um, honestly uh, but a wonderful throw right there to Stefan Diggs for the touchdown going up 17-7 here we go a minute before halftime design quarterback run by Josh Allen on first and 20 just trying to do something right before halftime not enough and uh, they just go into halftime comfortable with 17-7 lead Alrighty, out of halftime here. Here we go. First and 10 around midfield. Josh Allen, boom, another perfect throw right here. 15 yards down the field. Once again, solid pocket to begin with, and then plenty of time to throw, and delivers the ball past the first down for 15-plus yards. Isaiah McKenzie on the boundary. And then second and one, Josh Allen QB sneaking. I mean, that's the easiest decision ever, folks. Josh Allen QB sneak on second and one, third and one, fourth and one. That should only be the play call. Josh Allen QB sneak. He's going to get it every single time. Here we go. Josh Allen, pressure coming immediately right here. Recognizes it, able to escape it. Everybody's coming right now. Everything's breaking down, and Josh Allen, once again, sees it immediately, and on that kind of second drop back, he immediately starts to climb the pocket, sees the opening, keeps his eyes down the field, throws the ball, you know, back across his body in the middle of the of the field and you know usually you're not supposed to do that but you know the way that these kind of new athletic quarterbacks are playing you know Patrick Holmes you know making it kind of mainstream to kind of throw back across your body over the middle of the field here a lot of quarterbacks are starting to do it a lot of quarterbacks get in trouble for doing it but Josh Allen you know Lamar Jackson can even do it Patrick Mahomes can do it right here they they, they're just masters at it, and they really don't kind of turn the ball over while doing it, so it's still a good, impressive throw on third and 10, and that's enough for the first down. All right, here we go on first and 25 at the 30-yard line. Josh Allen wanting to go deep, brings his eyes back towards him a little bit, and once again, pressure right in his face and able to deliver an accurate as heck ball right there with pressure right in his grill, folks. Loving what we've been seeing from Josh Allen so far in this game. Fantastic quarterbacking, cool as a cucumber, accurate as heck throws with all the pressure. Here we go, rolling out of the pocket again, flinging the ball down the field up for Isaiah McKenzie again. And once again, just look at, he's he's slinging this ball so, it looks just so effortlessly right here. Just one hand flinging this ball, and it's absolutely perfect. Man, oh man, 
throwing the ball high and away where only your receiver can go and make a play on the ball. Man, oh man. And we also have to shout out Isaiah McKenzie for being absolutely fantastic in this game. And if they can have that kind of second wide receiver be as consistent as Stephon Diggs has been, man, oh man, this Bills team, they may be able, may be able to win the ring. May be able. All right, next play up here at the Patriots 25-yard line. Rolling out of the pocket, decides to tuck it and run, and that's 10 yards, baby. Bingo, bango. Going between those two defenders. Once again, he's not afraid to take the hit because he's no, he knows he can absorb the hit because he is a big, beefy guy, folks. I believe, uh, I want to say... 6'4", 230-ish? He may be 6'6". 6'6", six, six. Um, uh, six, six is kind of going in my head. But let's uh, quickly uh, bring up what uh, his size is quickly right here. So here we go. What do we got with Josh Allen? 6'5", 237. I mean, bingo, bingo. That's a beefy boy right there, folks. He can take a hit. He can deliver a hit. Let that man run. Stop playing so scared of having your quarterback injured. If it happens, it would suck, but stop actively trying to not uh, get these quarterbacks injured, folks. All right? Go for it. Go for the win. Can y'all have some guts and go for a win? All right, here we go. Josh Allen, a nice little sling right there to Dawson Knox. Favorite, you know, red zone target. He's great in the red zone for this Bills team. So great throw right there. And then here we go. Fourth quarter. The Patriots are only down five points here. Or yeah, Patriots are down five points. Bills up five points with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Third and ten must extend these drives. Don't give the Patriots a chance to tie up this game. Josh Allen on third and ten. A great strike right there to who? Isaiah McKenzie right on the boundary. Third and ten pressure at their own 25-yard line. And he puts it right on the money. Fifth. 15 plus yards to Isaiah McKenzie first down and this is going to help you know ice the game a little bit choose some more clock and here we go six minutes and counting Josh Allen rolling out to the right plenty of time to throw and once again just Isaiah McKenzie on basically the same exact throw throwing it all the way to the left sideline from the right hash right here and Josh Allen it's not behind it's maybe even a tad a tad too much out in front from the right hash to the left sideline Big arm, powerful, not behind, accurate as heck. Josh Allen was slinging the ball on fourth and one. Still only up five points with four and a half minutes left. Fourth and one. They don't QB sneak with Josh Allen. They do a little bit of a bootleg, but it goes because Josh Allen is so athletic. I don't understand why you don't QB sneak it right here. Um, but either way, they get Josh Allen on the bootleg, able to kind of do a nice little hesitation move because the athleticism is there, and he picks up about seven yards on fourth and one. Doing even more clock. Here we go. Third and 10. Three minutes left from the Patriots 26 yard line. Josh Allen flings the ball, uh, fakes like he's going to run it, and then just flings it forward to Stephon Diggs right before he crosses the line. Another first down pickup on a crucial third down. And here we go. First and goal from the two yard line. Two minutes left. Josh Allen, read option, and then a pitch to D D Dawson Knox. 
I mean, there's so much you can do with Josh Allen running the ball, and it truly seemed like Brian Dable in the kind of fourth quarter was implementing everything they can do, or it was just Josh Allen doing it by himself of, you know, the read options and then pitching it and all that. So fantastic work there by Josh Allen. A huge game needed, not for the Bills just winning, but for Josh Allen having one of one of the best games of the season, folks, against a great team, trying to get that division lead back and all that, did it consistently first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, pressure filled fourth quarter, multiple times picking up the first down to chew out the clock that was real, real impressive and now because of that performance, I think this Bills team can truly be Super Bowl contenders if they play they continue to play offensively what we just saw. We know they're never going to establish a running game. We are 16 weeks into the season and they still have never established a running game. They are going to rely on Josh Allen to win them the chip. And from what we just saw offensively, the throws he was making, the time he was given in the pocket due to the offensive line, the running of Josh Allen, the play action of Josh Allen, the fakery, the trickery, the athleticism, the little pitch he started to do. I mean, because now everybody is going to start, you know, when, you know, he rolls out of the pocket, when Josh Allen rolls out of the pocket, the defense is going to start instantly biting on it because they're like, oh, he can run. And then now this little pitch that he does, uh, five yards down the field, side hand pitch, he's got that in his repertoire now, burning defenses even more. I think I'm ready to declare this Bills team Super Bowl contenders, folks. Truly Super Bowl contenders from what we just saw by Josh Allen offensively. I loved everything about that we'll see if Brian Dable holds this team back it's really I think it's honestly going to come down to is Brian Dable or Sean McDermott going to hold this Bills team back because they do get ultra conservative they weren't ultra conservative against this Patriots team which gives us you know once again another green flag to put them in Super Bowl contenders but you know over the last couple of seasons when they made the playoffs or just last season, really, uh, when they made the playoffs just super conservative in their play calling in the playoffs and in those pressure-filled games down the stretch of the regular season, we need them to actively go out and win the game. Once again, stop being kind of shy of running Josh Allen. Don't just assume he's going to get hurt on every single run. You can't kind of plan for that. Injuries happen. They're freak. They can happen on a drop back. They can happen just whenever. So planning for a or trying to actively prevent an injury, I think is the wrong way to play in this league. And so once again, is Brian Dable going to hold them back? I hope not. He didn't do it in this game. And this was a game against the Patriots for the division lead for to try to stay in the playoff hunt and all that. And they got it done. So big, huge, great game right here. And the Bills, in our opinion, are Super Bowl contenders based off of this performance. All righty, now let's head over to our next matchup up, and we are going to the Bucks and the Panthers. Now, um, NFL.com, Game Pass, um, uh, the All-22 film has been absolutely trashed this week. There's only like three games so far where All-22 is on, and like one of those games is Jets-Jags. Of course, we're not going to watch this game. Uh, so we're a little beholden to the overall replays. 
So we can't just watch Cam Newton, Sam Darnold on their plays alone, unfortunately. But what I want to do right here, once again, you all know how we feel about betting this Panthers team and all that. You stay away from it. You got to stop. You got to stop. You got to stop betting the Panthers. But, um, you know, maybe another thing that we can use, a tool that we can use to show y'all to stop betting the Panthers, we are going to watch the highlights right here. The Bucks versus Panthers highlights. It's a six-minute clip, and I just want to see what offensive plays for the Panthers are they showing y'all that y'all, because y'all must only be, y'all, are obviously watching these Panthers play. I mean, you can't actively watch this Panthers team play and then the next week be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bet on them. There's no way you're doing that. So, the only other solution that I can think of is that y'all are watching these highlight tapes and um, just seeing some like two good plays by Cam Newton and then betting them the next week. That's the only thing that makes sense. So let me see what y'all are seeing. We'll watch the highlights right here. We're only going to focus on the Panthers offensive highlights because I want to see what is Cam Newton showing y'all uh, that is giving y'all the audacity to bet them on a weekly basis. So let's see what uh, Cam Newton's best plays that make a highlight package are. And let's see how many of them are. I'm going to call it right now. I think we get maybe two plays. I think we get two offensive plays here by the Panthers. Maybe one by Sam Darnold. Maybe one by Cam Newton. So let's see what they show as highlights here offensively for this Panthers team. Here we go. We'll skip all the other plays. Offensive for the Bucks. Defensive for the Bucks. Well, I guess defense would be offense for the Panthers. And then defense for the Panthers. We don't care about those plays. But here we go. First play up. We get a Cam Newton highlight right off the rip. Or maybe it's a Bucks defensive highlight. We gotta watch it. So here we go. It's the, the first highlight up is a Cam Newton run, which is basically the only thing he does. And that, holy moly, that was great. This was great. Right here. Cam Newton from his, uh, from the Bucks 45-yard line. Little hesitation. This is a designed run. is blocked to perfection. And Cam Newton brings it all the way down to the 10-yard line. That was a Great run by Cam Newton right there. Holy moly. Great design overall by the Panthers as well. That was their one highlight, and I don't think it's going to get any better than that, honestly. That was great. But that's all we know Cam Newton does, folks. I mean, and then the next highlight, y'all want to know what the next highlight is? It's their field goal attempt after that great Cam Newton run because Cam Newton in the red zone is trash. Even him running in the red zone is not as good as it was, you know, his first two games when nobody really kind of, oh, we forgot about Cam Newton. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we know he's trash so they can now shut him down in the red zone. All right, so that's the one highlight. So far, we've got one highlight by Cam Newton. Let's, um... And it was good. Uh, let's kind of keep track here. We'll have uh, Cam highlights, and we'll see if Sam Darnold gets into the mix because uh, we know they both played. So Cam Newton, one highlight, and it was good. On a, we'll give it a scale. One to ten. I'm going to give that a solid eight. Um, he kind of, you know, actively went out of bounds, didn't try to stay in bounds, didn't try to, you know, throw a shoulder or anything like that. So I'll, I'll give it an eight. That's a solid eight right there. Um, y'all just like if y'all just watch that one play, I could see y'all betting, you know, Panthers plus ten. I could see that. But folks, you can't just do one play in the first quarter. Seven minutes left. Come on. All right, next highlight up here. We get a Bucks play. We can skip it. Uh, that goes for the score. We back to here. We go back to Panthers offense. Couple of plays later. Here we go. 
Let's see what they show here. Maybe, And it may not even be a good positive play for the Panthers. Anytime we see the Panthers' offense on the field, it could be a great defensive uh, play by the Bucs. So here we go. Third and four. Cam Newton throws it up, and that's a pick. So see what we're saying? I mean, just lofts this up on third and four. Who are you even going to here, Cam? And at this point, immediately, first play, okay, I can maybe understand. It was a great run, all that. I can maybe understand why y'all bet the Panthers. But then after seeing this play right there, that first good play goes out the window, and I'm back to never betting the Panthers ever again. I'm talking about 20 years down the line where Cam Newton is actively retired, and there's zero chance of him returning to the league. I still don't bet the Panthers. This is what Cam Newton has done to this organization. This is what Matt Rule has done to this organization. This is what Sam Darnold has kind of done to this organization. I won't bet this team for 20 years straight. So Cam Newton just lofts this one up absolutely bad right there, and that's an easy pick. On third and four, once again, first quarter, they're only down 7-3, manageable game, but he's actively turning over the ball. Not good. All right, so Cam Newton interception was the second highlight that he was in. <laughs> Not good. All right, then we get a Tom Brady highlight or a defensive highlight. It doesn't matter to us. We get a field goal, and now here we go. Oh, Sam Darnold is up. Oh, a Sam Darnold highlight. Is this a good highlight for Sam or a bad highlight for Sam? Here we go. Down 10-3, second and eight. Sam Darnold, nowhere to go with the ball, and he slings it down the field, and it's wide open. So Sam Darnold, and this goes all the way down to the 10-yard line. So I'll give Sam Darnold. That was a good play right there. That was a good highlight. One good highlight so far. And I'll say that's a that's about an 8 as well. Uh, escaping the pocket. He threw the ball wide. It was wide open, folks. I'm talking about nobody within 20 yards of this man. Uh, so we're not going to give Sam Darnold all the praise right there. But keeping his eyes down the field, escaping the pressure, solid right there. We'll give him an 8 on that throw on that highlight. So each quarterback so far has one highlight that we do rank about an 8 on a scale of 1 to 10. Can can Sam Darnold outperform? Here we go. Sam Darnold in the red zone. Third and goal. Can he get it done? Sam Darnold stepping up in the pocket and he goes down. So once again, stalling in the red zone. They have one big play. They both score three points out of it and that's the only points that they scored all game long. One good Cam Newton run. One good wide open Sam Darnold throw. That that leads to the only points of the game, folks. Okay, do you all see what we're saying now? Y'all are just cutting off the highlights, you know, two minutes into it. Watch the full five, six minutes, folks. You will not want to bet the Panthers. Um, here we go. All right, so Sam Darnold doesn't get it done. They have to settle for a field goal on fourth and goal, and then we the next the kicker has more. So let's let's get that up. Here we go. We got a the kicker. Kicker has two highlights. Kicker for this Panthers team has two highlights, two field goals. Sam Darnold has one, one positive highlight, and Cam Newton has one positive highlight. Okay, folks, are y'all getting it now? Are y'all getting it now? All right, here we go. Um, it's so funny. They go from Bucks field goal highlight, which kind of you know shows us, hey, the Panthers get the ball next, and then they go right back to the Bucks highlights offensively because the Panthers are absolutely trash. So here we go. Got to keep scrolling here. 
Till we get back, we get a Cameron Bright touchdown. We get Tom Brady in the red zone. We get Tom Brady slinging to Gronk. We get Tom Brady in the red zone. We get the Bucks field goal kicker. Oh, hang on. We get Cam back. Cam highlight back. Positive Cam highlight or negative Cam highlight. Let's decipher. Here we go. Cam Newton on third and 10. Dropping back the pass and does not even try to not get sacked right here. So another negative highlight for Cam Newton. So the kicker still has more positive highlights highlights for the Panthers than Cam Newton does. Then we're back to Tom Brady highlight. Then we're back to Ronald Jones touchdown highlight. And then we're back to, hang on, the Panthers I think are on the field offensively here. Here we go. Sam Darnold's chance at a second good highlight. Let's see if he can get it done. Second and eight from the Bucks 20-yard line. They're in the red zone, folks. Are very close to approaching the red zone on the doorstep of the red zone. What can Sam Darnold do here on second and eight? He steps up in the pocket and goes down and holds onto the ball. So that's good, but still gets sacked. Oh, my goodness. Sam Darnold, get rid of the ball, please. On fourth and 11, Sam Darnold, another chance at a highlight right here. Fourth and 11. <laughs> fourth and 11. Good luck on that. From the Bucks' 24-yard line, can Sam Darnold get it done? He gets hit as he's throwing, and it falls incomplete. Nowhere near anybody. Alrighty, then we get, oh, Sam Darnold back up. Oh, Sam Darnold, another chance for a good highlight on fourth and 10. 10 minutes left in the game, down 29 to 6. He rolls out of the pocket, and he's so slow. Even after escaping like one defender in the pocket, he still clamored by three other defenders right here. Man, oh man, we just saw Josh Allen escape all the pressures by the New England defense. Sam Darnold is actively getting eaten by all the Bucks defenders right here. Another not highlight here for the Panthers offense. We've gotten four highlights of the Panthers offense. Two have been field goals. <laughs> what are y'all? What are y'all doing here? All right, hang on, one more chance. I think this is the final chance right here for a positive highlight by Sam Darnold. Here we go. One. <laughs> one second left in the game. Second and goal. Sam Darnold, one second left. Put up some more points, Sam. Come on. Here we go. Sam Darnold drops back to pass. Nowhere to go with the ball. Slings it, and it's broken up by the Bronco, uh, by the Bucks defense. Great right here. Now, let's go back on this play. Let's see. Is there anything open, actually? Because this man is just standing in the pocket, not, not doing anything. Uh, or maybe the Bucks defense is that good that they're actively covering everything. So here we go. We got four wide receivers out for routes. We get the back out of the backfield slipping out. I mean, look at this. This is all locked up right here. What what genius is calling plays here for the Panthers, folks? Didn't Matt Rule fire an offensive coordinator, and this is the guy that he felt so confident with? The three receivers to the left are all just kind of on comeback routes at the front of the end zone. That's all locked up. What creativity is that? Then you get one receiver on the right sideline who's triple covered, and that's the guy who Sam Darnold throws to. So... Absolute trash, folks. What are y'all watching? What are y'all seeing that makes y'all bet the Panthers, folks? I, I, I'm trying to see it. I am trying to actively get in your shoes to be like, how? why am I just throwing? How, how am I getting in your guys' shoes of just, hey, I just want to throw away money every single week by betting on the Panthers plus 6, plus 11, plus 10 points? It's never enough, folks. If you give the Panthers plus 50, we know that's still going to be bad value, so stay away from it. So I don't get it, folks. One good Cam Newton play, and it was a run. We gave it a, a, an 8 value out of a scale of 10. Sam Darnold, a wide open pass. We gave that an 8 value as well. And the kicker had two highlights. That gives y'all enough 
confidence to bet the Panthers on a weekly basis. We see it every single week, folks. We are not going this adamant on this if we did not see it every single week. We are actively seeing, you know, the Panthers, you know, on the, you know, the spread line, like minus 125. The opposing, the opposing team on the spread line, plus plus odds, plus 110, plus 105. That tells us that y'all are actively betting the Panthers, folks. We can read the spread. We can see y'all. We can see what y'all are doing. We just don't get it. So once again, we're not betting the Panthers. They are still in this category of their own or of absolute dumpster. No buyability at all, folks. Come on. Come on. Please stop betting the Panthers. Please, for the love of goodness. Jeez. Man, oh, man. All righty. So Bucks, Panthers, stop betting the Panthers. Please, truly. Please, truly, truly. Like, I'm begging y'all to play. Like, I, I know I, I shouldn't care what y'all do with your money, but please stop. Lose it any other way, folks. Lose your money any other way than betting on the Panthers. Please, please. All righty. Here we go. Next matchup up here that we're going to take a look at. We're going to go Chargers-Texans here. Now, we know Davis Mills has been playing pretty solid here the last three weeks. Now, once again, the Texans are going to have, you know, a little bit of a uh, an opponent that they should not win against. They should not have beat the Chargers last week, but they did. So we still give them credit, but they should not have won the game. Now, we did have enough confidence in Davis Mills to cover the spread. We were getting uh, plus 13 points, plus 12 points with the Texans last week, and we took that and we hit it. We loved it. So we are going to take a look at Davis Mills here. So once again, can if we're getting a lot of points here, the Texans face the 49ers. I don't know what the spread is. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the show, folks. That's what we do on Thursdays, uh, predict and react to the lines. We'll see if the Texans get a lot of points. Let's say 12, 13, 14. Are we, again, comfortable of betting on Davis Mills with the points against the 49ers this week? It's an if. Maybe the spread isn't that big. I, I'm assuming it is still big because Texans on the road. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a number out there. I'd probably say it's probably Texans plus 12. Um, that may be our prediction tomorrow. But once again, y'all got to come on to the, to the show tomorrow to find out officially. Um, so we're going to watch Davis Mills highlights right here. How are the passes looking? Were the receivers doing all the work? Was the accuracy not on point? So we're just going to watch the film here by Davis Mills and see, are we confident with taking the points if the value is right with the Texans based on Davis Mills, his, his, uh, his performance last week. So here we go. Let's get the highlights up here. Three-minute highlight package. Once again, let's remind you of his stats, what he slung the ball for. It was fantastic, really. 21 of 27 for 254 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Unfortunately, we can't uh, go to the incompletions because, once again, the All-22 is not up here. Once again, NFL.com is absolutely trash. Um, so we just got to make do with what we've got, and that's the highlight package. So let's see where the where the ball placement is. Is it all dink and dunk that breaks big, everything like that? So let's see what Davis Mills was doing this week to see if we have confidence in taking the number if the number is right. If the price is right, folks, let's see if Davis Mills gives us confidence. Here we go. First play up, we get a third and seven. When they're down three points, folks, this is big. 
Big clutch, and hey, he finds the open receiver. He throws it about two yards short of the first down marker, but he finds the open wide receiver right here, waits for the time to develop, doesn't get too happy feet in the pocket, nice clean pocket right there, and just waits to deliver the ball wide open over the middle of the field, and then the receiver is able to go that extra three, four yards needed to get the first down. But overall, that was great patience by Davis Mills in the pocket on a pressure-filled third down. That was perfect. All right, here we go. Fast forwarding to now they're down 12 to 7. Davis Mills play action, dinks it down on the play action. That's what it was meant for. So nothing great there by Davis Mills, but he didn't need it to be. That was great design play. All righty. What else do we got here? Still down 12-7. Second and nine just across midfield. It's a wide receiver screen that goes pretty big. 10 plus yards right there 10 to 13 yards now Davis Mills down 12 to 10 backed up at his own nine yard line he's going deep okay okay I don't think I like this throw it was complete so we give him credit are they gonna give us any other angle replay of this I would love another angle here we go this is gonna be perfect is this a good throw Davis Mills launches this one from his own end zone literally from the goal line so gets it all the way down to the 40. The ball placement was okay. It was okay. I, I would like it a little bit more out in front of the receiver. Receiver kind of has to turn back outside towards this ball. Defender doesn't really see the ball, never plays the ball. This is a great catch by the receiver. I don't know if this is a great throw. It's only about 40 yards, so we can't really see his full arm strength right here. Defender just makes a great play on this ball. I don't think this is a great accurate ball, like a great 50-50 ball, but I do believe this is a great adjustment and a great catch. I think this is a better catch overall than a better throw. He put it up there, so I guess we can't knock Davis Mills too much, but I don't love it. I mean, this is where the ball is coming down on, folks. I mean, this is where you go to high point the ball. So you got to put it out a little bit more out in front. He's going for a little bit of a back shoulder right there. I don't think that was the right call so overall it got there it was complete for about 40 yards good job but I didn't love the throw by itself all right here we go still down 12 to 10 trying to do something right before halftime Davis Mills going deep again now this is the ball this is what we wanted to see on the very last throw folks so here we go let's judge this more this throw a little bit more harshly throws it from midfield at the 50 and gets it right down to kind of the five yard line so 45 yards right there but it's right over the shoulder right in stride this is perfect placement right here maybe if we're gonna get so nitpicky down to the nitty-gritty Maybe it could have been a hair, a hair, like I'm talking a hair, folks, more out in front. But overall, that is perfection right there. That's the ball. That's the ball right there. Pa fantastic. Absolutely great right there. Very well done, Davis Mills. All righty. Can he keep it up here? Now, that throw gets us, you know, juiced on the man. That that throw, that's the best throw that we've seen so far today um, for Davis Mills. Fantastic. Perfect. Right there, man, man, per that's it's a perfect pass. That's a perfect pass. I really can't even nitpick that, folks. 
All right, they're up 17 to 12. Uh, after halftime, first drive out of halftime, third and three, another pressure filled down. He stands firm in the pocket. He's not dancing around. Didn't we just see Sam Darnold like go crazy in the pocket, uncomfortable all the time? Here we go, Davis Mills. Pocket's really not even collapsing right here, but there are players flying by him, uh, but it's a good job by the offensive line. He steps up. He's so calm in that kind of congested pocket right there. That was looking really good. He delivers the ball at Accurate, third and three, decently open, or decently wide open, and he puts it on the money. That's exactly fantastic. Now, here we go, second and 20. Wide open, receiver right there, reads it perfectly. Chargers defense just playing the second and 20, a little off. He reads it perfectly, brings up third and manageable. Here we go, third and six. They're up 17 to 15. Third and six, boom, puts the ball on the money, folks. Puts the ball right on the money right here, over midfield. Looking to extend this two-point lead. And here we go. That nice little out route. Throwing from the right hash line to the left sideline. Got to get that ball out in front of the defender. And he did it. He did it. Maybe could have been, once again, a little bit of a hair more out in front of the receiver. But overall, that's a fantastic ball, again, by Davis Mills. And once again, he is doing this without his number one wide receiver to work with, folks. So... Man, oh man, this is solid here by Davis Mills. I'm liking what we're seeing so far. I'm not loving it, but I'm liking overall. All right, here we go. Davis Mills, comfortable in the pocket again. Defender slips down, wide open receiver, puts it on him. Solid throw right there. Here we go, up 24 to 15, wanting to keep the pressure on it in the fourth quarter, slinging the ball over the middle of the field. And once again, a little accuracy, got to clean it up a little bit more out here. This was another fantastic catch by the receiver. Uh, you see it, you know, the receiver having to literally jump up and get this ball like one-handed. That would have been an easy pick if the receiver was not able to get a hand on this pass right here. Uh, so overall, it's good by Davis Mills. I don't want to no, totally knock Davis Mills, but overall, I don't know if this is giving us enough confidence to bet him next week. But let's finish off this highlight package here. They're up 27-23, once again trying to ice the game. And this throw right here, this is beautiful, beautiful design slant right here. Davis Mills under center, not in the shotgun, instantly looking to this matchup because he knows this is where he's going with the ball. This is the only route right here. So this is where I should go, and they did go there. So that's great by Davis Mills. And the accuracy is perfect, folks. When you're throwing that slant route, must throw it in stride, carrying the receiver inward, and that's exactly what it was. And that's enough to go for the touchdown. That ice is the game right there. That's a beautiful ice throw right there. So Davis Mills in pressure-filled situations, he gets it done, folks. And that was fantastic. That was all game long, third downs just chewing out the clock because we know this Chargers team could come back instantly whenever they're down by anything. One possession, two possession. You know, we saw the game earlier this season. What was it, Chargers-Browns? Where was it, fourth quarter, third quarter, just everybody going back and forth, scoring, scoring, scoring. I mean, they ran up the score like 20 points each um, in like one quarter alone. We know that is the high-powered offense of the Chargers here. So Davis Mills and this Texans team can never take their foot off the gas here and always had to get those big third downs. And Davis Mills was getting those big third downs, folks. So that was good by Davis Mills. 
Now, they have to go on the road to the 49ers. 49ers defense is really, really good. How is Davis Mills going to play not at home? Can he still get that nice level of pressure-filled execution, third downs, chewing out the clock, icing games, extending leads, all that? Is he still going to be this clutch on the road? So I think uh, you know if we, I think we'd we'd have to get like three possessions here on the road at home. Maybe we can ice it down like we just saw last week, uh, 12, 13 points. But if he's going on the road against a good 49ers defense, I think we need to at least like 14 and a half points uh, to even start thinking about taking that. So that's kind of our bar right here. Uh, anything less than 14 and a half, we're not going to love here and we probably don't take it. And I don't know if Davis Mills gets another big spread like that based off of the performance. So we'll see what Vegas puts this line at. We'll do that tomorrow on the show. Um, and uh, we will go from there. So Davis Mills, solid action. And he's been getting better. He's one of the only rookies so far. Well, I don't want to say only rookies. Um, but he is a rookie quarterback, obviously, that has been getting better as the season progressed. After he got benched for Tyrod Taylor, he's truly cleaned it up. And for that, we give Davis Mills all the credit for that. Alrighty, next matchup. What is next up here? We get the Ravens at the Bengals, and we've got to shout out this absolutely incredible game by Joe Burrow. 525 big old yards, folks. Man, oh man, absolutely fantastic. So we're going to watch the uh, his highlights. Joe Burrow's most impressive throws from his 525 yard game. If it will load. If it will load, we will watch it. We may have to go to another one. Let's see. Can we refresh this? So we can watch it. Let's see. Refresh has gone through, so that's perfect. Alright. We should be able to get to the highlights. Perfect. Alright. Joe Burrow, Joey B, what was this man looking like? Was it all wide open? Was he making any incredible throws? Let's watch this Joe Burrow performance to truly see how impressive his impressive throws from his 525-yard game was. Let's see how accurate of a description this title is. So here we go, Joe Burrow, what... Did you get it for us? What did you have for us this week against the Ravens? Here we go. Joe Burrow's four and a half minute highlight package. Let's see. Let's see this man sling this ball around. Here we go. Uh, almost got down for a sack on the first play of the game. Escapes the sack somehow. Man, oh man, stays on his feet, delivers the ball 10 yards to T. Higgins. Great there. Uh, great job by Joe Burrow to escape that blitz. I don't know how he did that. All right, next throw, second and two, Joe Burrow. Nice little slant right there to T. Higgins. Bingo, bango, all righty. Looking solid so far. Now, nothing wow, folks. We'll count some wow moments. That sack, not quite a wow, but a solid moment right there. Here we go, Joe Burrow. Feeling comfortable in the pocket. Delivers a wide open ball to T. Higgins there. Goes for about 20 yards. Joe Burrow rolling out to the right, throwing out another run. Dumps it down to a wide open receiver. Alrighty, where are these wow moments? Come on, gotta see a wowza. Third and two, boom, great job. Oh, this is a good throw right here. Bingo, bango. Now this is a great throw right here. Not a wow throw, but this is a great throw here to Jamar, Jamar Chase on third and two, back shoulder, right before the uh, safety got over to knock him out of bounds, and Jamar Chase toe-tapping two feet down to secure the catch inside the five-yard line. 
All right, second and seven. Up 10-7 here. Boom, wide open. Who, who do we got there? Receiver running right down the slot, and that's just way too easy. Uh, once again, nothing great here by Joe Burrow himself. It's good. It's on the money. It's in stride, but it's wide open. I mean, what the hell was this Ravens defense doing? Man, oh, man. Ravens defense was exposed. Jeez, all, all these are really w decently wide open, folks, that we've seen so far by Joe Burrow. I want to see him make that a, a significant throw that we see like Aaron Rodgers make. Here we go, a little bit behind here. You see T. Higgins having to like reach all behind his body while jumping in midair. And once again, it was decently wide open. And then we get him in the red zone. What is Joe Burrow looking like here in the red zone? Ding, dinks it down to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon does the rest. All righty. Joe Burrow, I don't know how impressive it is. The stats are great, don't get me wrong. These throws are good, don't get me wrong. But these are all kind of like wide open. Where the kind of that big old throw that we saw Davis Mills make that dumps it right over the shoulder of the receiver for the touchdown. That's what we want to see with defenders all over these wide receivers making that pinpoint throw. Here he goes, just dinking it down this time to Jamar Chase. And it goes for about 11 yards. Alrighty, what else do we got here? Come on, Joey B. Let's start seeing the, seeing the sling. Third and 16. We can get a sling right here. Going deep. Here we go. Boom. Wow, okay. A little bit of a better catch than this one was a throw. This is why, why we love T. Higgins so much and love that over the last couple of weeks, what do we say, the last five games, T. Higgins just going absolute monster beast mode in receiving yards, breaking like almost 100 over, the, the, uh, over these last five games here. So Joe Burrow slings this ball down the field. We got to get on the yards on this one. Holy moly. But, I mean, this is a great job by T. Higgins to go up and high point this ball over two defenders. This is what this Bengals offense is, folks. We know Joe Burrow's got the big arm. That's never been a question. But you got that straight downfield shot in T. Higgins who goes up and high points the ball, strong arms. And we're going to – we told y'all, um, you know, his strong hands when we broke down the game on Monday. And this is the, this is the play right here that truly – shows it off so you get that by T Higgins and then you get Jamar Chase who's just able to get open and make those catches on the sideline and all that so this Bengals receiving core is really it's versatile and it's so gosh dang good and really kind of deep so here we go let's count the yards first here Joe Burrow let's uh say from the 35 yard line throws it all the way down to the 10 yard line so we get 15 plus 40 that's 55 yards clean that's what we love to see folks 55 yards down the field and once again, the strong hands, look at that by T. Higgins going down to the ground and has the ball held in his two hands above his head. And that's how he falls down to the ground with the ball just in his hands, not having to bring it down to his body and all that to secure it. That's why he is so lethal. And when you, when you get the quarterback like Joe Burrow, who can give this man an opportunity, look at that man go and high point the ball. This is absolutely magnificent right here. So Expect this to happen a lot more because it's been happening a lot more consistently here, getting T. Higgins those yards and all that, that production. Man, oh, man, I love it. And then Joe Burrow right there. And once again, T. Higgins does it again, catches the ball, and then brings it above his head because he's so confident in his own strength. He's so tall that the defenders, they can't get the ball like that. So this is what we love here by T. Higgins. Yes, sir. And then everybody celebrating in the end zone with the giddy. You got to love it. 
All right, great throw here by Joe Burrow. I mean, exactly where it needed to be. High points of all. You love to see. I mean, I just love that by T. Higgins. So strong hands, folks. Strong hands. All right, 31 points in the third quarter so far. Slinging it. Jamar Chase wide open about three yards. Puts it on him. What else do we get here? Come on, Joe Burrow. I know it's going to be a little bit harder to compete with that 55-yard bomb, uh, but let's see if he can do it on fourth and five. He goes a little deep, and it's a nice comeback route. Once again, T. Higgins on the sideline. Man, oh, man, just so strong, beefy, can box you out, all that. So versatile. And then here we go again. Joe Burrow putting it on T. Higgins. This is a one-on-one -on -one matchup in the end zone, and this isn't wide open, but Joe Burrow slings it on him, and this is fantastic. Look at that. Uh, like a tad a fraction behind but we're not going to get that nitpicky on it and that that's t Higgins able just to go and get the ball secure that secure the ball with his two strong hands folks and once again everybody's celebrating let's watch this ball one more time yeah i mean just a tad behind i mean this is a tad behind ball that's all it is so joe bro gotta show up the accuracy a little bit right here uh, but that's it. Nice little comeback route once again to T. Higgins. I mean, you got to respect the speed. So, of course, the comeback routes are always going to hit. And then here we go. Five wide up 41-21 with two minutes left. Now just stunting. And Joe Burrow goes deep again just to, just to stunt. I mean, that's all this is. Just ice the game. There's two minutes left. You're up 20. You're up 20 points with two minutes left. And you are still going for it. You are still actively, like, playing football. And he just... Throws this one deep, folks. He throws this one from his own 40-yard line. Gets it all the way down to about the 10-yard line. So, once again, about 50 yards. Clean as heck. Big arm. And this time, it's Joe Mixon all the way down the field right there for the big catch. And Joe Burrow, it just gives it up. Like, you know, what do you want me to do? I mean, all these people are wide open. Of course, I'm going to go deep. And that's a really solid on-the-money ball right there. Joe Mixon a little bit smaller. Let's the ball come to him. And, unfortunately, can't stay on his feet as he goes down to, to get the ball. So, Joe Burrow looking really, really gosh dang good. And because of that, I would definitely, uh, we could definitely put this uh, uh, Bengals team, I'm going to put it in playoff contender category. Um, the team's great, folks. It's a very good team overall. The defense, solid as well. Uh, but Joe Burrow right there, I mean, it was impressive. Don't get me wrong, those deep... Shots were impressive, but overall for the majority of the game, I mean, everything was wide open. So, great job by Joe Burrow. Some great throws. He got it done. I mean, at the end of the day, he can point to it and be like, yeah, I did that. What's up? I did it. Y'all still can't do that. Um, Y'all, so don't put it that the defense was trash or anything like that. Uh, so overall, Joe Burrow, really solid per, uh, performance out there. Great throws. Um, and I am going to put this Bengals team. In playoff contender category. I don't know if I'm ready to put them in Super Bowl contender just quite yet. Because we have seen a little bit of up and down by this Bengals team. Yeah, they get a win. But then they get a loss. And then they get a win. And then a loss. And then a loss. And then a win. Win. Maybe three in a row. Have they rattled off three in a row here? Let me get up uh, their uh, uh, schedule so far this season. Uh, Bengals by year. Let's get it up here. I want to see how many wins in a row have they won. Uh, so let's quickly see here. Overall, 9-6. and six, Really solid record out here. So here we go. Games this season. Here we go. 
First game, win in overtime. Then they lose to the Bears. Then they win-win. Then they lose in overtime. Uh, then they win-win. Then they lose-lose. Then they win-win. Then they lose-lose. Then they win-win. I mean, this is what I'm saying, folks. A little bit of up and down. Little Win-win. Loss-loss. Win-win. Loss-loss. Win-loss. Win. I mean, they're on a two-game winning streak now. So, I would say they're facing the Chiefs this week. I think that's a loss. And uh, maybe if we get great value, this is the game to bet this week because the Bengals. Look at, folks. Since week 11, win-win. Nope, since week 6. Nope. Yeah, since week 6. Since week 6, win-win, loss-loss, win-win, loss-loss, win-win. I mean, these next two weeks, potentially loss-loss right here. So, let's see if they can win three in a row. They haven't been able to do that all season. Every two wins comes with the loss, at least one. So, we just got their second win. Expect a loss here against the Chiefs. We'll keep that in mind when we make our picks this week, when we make our official uh, prediction of the line. We'll keep all that in mind this week. May not be a great week for the Bengals, and it's nothing they can even kind of control themselves. This is just the natural state of what they are. Win, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, loss, win, win. That's what they are, folks. A little bit of up and down, a little bit of not great consistency, and we kind of saw that in the footage right there. Nothing was really that tight consistently. He had two great throws that were really tightly covered for 525-yard game. I don't know. We still give them credit. I'm not knocking Joe Burrow or not giving him his credit. I'm just taking the entire picture, folks. That's what we do here. We talk everything. I've got no agenda. I've got no side. The only side I want to be on is the green side. That's all I care about is making money and having great content of watching football. That's it. That's all I care about. There is no agenda out here. I want to see the highest level of competition and win money. That's it. No agenda over here. I don't need to slander Joe Burrow for the likes, for the clicks. I don't care about that, folks. I care about Joe Burrow slinging the ball and putting up 525 yards and maybe being able, being able to bet on him next week. And I don't know if I can bet on him next week. That's all I'm saying. But Bengals, Super Bowl contender. Very good throws there by Joe Burrow. Very good throws by Joe Burrow. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Alrighty, we got um last, oh my goodness, last one. Are we going to have a full show where we fit all of our film studies in? This is the last one, folks. Here we go. Washington at the Cowboys, our last matchup that we have to take a look at. And we've got to shout out this Cowboys defense, folks. Of course we do. Now, is this defense, and remember, folks, why we put the Dolphins in Super Bowl contender category. Why we have this Colts team in Super Bowl con uh, contender category. Why even, you know, a partial reason. It's not the main reason, like the, the Dolphins and the Colts. But why we also have the Eagles in Super Bowl contender category is because of the defense. Defense wins championships. Folks, y'all have heard that saying. Offense sells the tickets. Defense wins championships. And defense truly does win championships. We just saw that last year. Patrick Mahomes, go, so great. Slinging the ball. Sidearm. Rolling out of the pocket. Slinging the ball deep to Tyreek Hill. Slinging the ball to Travis Kelsey. He was great all last regular season. But what happened in the Super Bowl? They faced the Bucks, and that Bucks defense played the game of their lives, making Patrick Mahomes run all over the field where nowhere to throw the ball, and the Chiefs lose, the offense loses the Super Bowl, the defense wins the Super Bowl, and we know this Cowboys defense is the best thing about the team. Now, the offense is still good, we're not knocking the offense, but we're going to watch the defense here in our film study, and we're going to decide, is this a Super Bowl contending defense? Can we take the Cowboys out of their current 
spot of playoff contender and can we move them into Super Bowl contender just purely based on the defensive performance that we just saw against Washington so let's watch the defense here let's watch the highlights and see if we can move this Cowboys team into Super Bowl contender category based on what we see by the defense and we knew the defense was fantastic folks it's a five my goodness five minute highlight tape here for this Cowboys defense folks uh, uh, what have we seen? I mean, all those quarterbacks that we just watched in our film study today, I mean, I don't think anybody had five minutes. I think Josh Allen may have had five minutes, but man, oh man. Uh, so this defense, we know it's great, folks. They were getting it done. Two interceptions by Taylor Heineke. I think he fumbled. They had uh, so many sacks and tackle for losses. So this is going to be a nice way to close the show here. Uh, Five-minute defense of the Walk of Fame defense highlights here, folks. Are y'all ready for this Cowboys team? Are y'all ready for this? I'm ready for this. Here we go. Walk of Fame defense, folks. Watch. Grab your popcorn because it's so gosh dang good. So here we go. Five minutes of purely uninterrupted Cowboys defense starts now. Here we go. First play up, Taylor Heineke. He's going deep. Is this smart? No. Because you're throwing to Trayvon Diggs. What are you nuts? What are you nuts? Taylor Heineke, what are you doing? What are you doing trying to challenge Trayvon Diggs? That's what you, you watched all the tape to prepare for this game. And you're like, you know what? First five minutes into the game, when I get my mitts on the ball, I'm going to test Trayvon Diggs. What are you, out of your gourd? Are you out of your gourd, Taylor Heineke? You just lost the starting job. If I was Ron Rivera and I saw this, I pulled this man instantly. You watched film all week, and we just faced this team. We just faced this team, what, two, three weeks ago, and you watched film on Trayvon Diggs, and this is your second time around watching film on Trayvon Diggs, and this is what you decide to do with one of your first throws of the game challenge the man challenge number seven Trayvon Diggs are you out of your gourd this is disrespectful by Taylor Heineke hey, this is an awful ball it's way too much inside you got to get this ball on the sideline so first of all it's a bad throw uh, so Taylor Heineke I don't even want like Aaron Rodgers testing Trayvon Diggs on a daily basis, on a on a throw by throw basis. And here we get Taylor Heineke throwing an absolute duck to one of the greatest corners of the game currently, folks. Let's watch this. We'll watch it right here. Watch the technique by Trayvon Diggs. Reads it perfectly. Keeps up stride by stride by uh, Terry McLaurin. Has great positioning. And then Taylor Heineke just throws this ball absolutely poorly, way too much inside. And that's just too easy by Trayvon Diggs. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Next play up. Taylor Heineke is trying to test defensive linemen this time. Here we go. Number 90 with the pick six, folks. Once again, just too easy right here. Can't even get the ball high enough to get it over the line of scrimmage. You throw a pick six to a lineman? Are you trash? And this is after an interception when you trust Trayvon Diggs. When you test Trayvon Diggs. Did you not even study anybody on this walk of fame defense? Look at that. Demarcus Lawrence. That's just way too easy peasy lemon squeezy right there. I mean, everybody's getting into the mix here of the Walk of Fame defense, folks. This is why it's the Walk of Fame, because is there only one star on the Walk of Fame? Of course not. That would be the Step of Fame. This is the Walk of Fame defense. It's everybody. It's corners. It's linebackers. It's defensive edge rushers. It's everybody. It's linebackers. It's Micah Parsons, who's a hybrid linebacker edge rusher. So it's the Walk of Fame, because it's all 22, or it's all 11 defensive, starting defensive 
players here by the Cowboys. And they still got some on reserve as well. Some stars that they can lay down to make that walk a little bit longer. And here we go, just Demarcus Lawrence keeping up with Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke thinks he can escape because he's faster than Demarcus Lawrence. And no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Taylor Heineke, what are you doing in this game? You're trying to outthrow Trayvon Diggs. You're trying to outrun Demarcus Lawrence. You're trying to not get sacked here by Micah Parsons. It's not going to happen. I don't know what you did to prepare for this game. I don't understand why you felt so comfortable. Um, because the Cowboys offense was so trash in the first meeting that the game was close. That gave you confidence to ball like this in Jerry world. Oh my goodness. Taylor Heineke. I think I lost a little bit of a uh, little respect and some value on Taylor Heineke on how he came out and handled this performance. Disrespectful folks. Here we go. Getting chased from behind right here. Uh, number 27, we get J. J Ron Curse. I mean, another corner. Fantastic. Corner blitzes, corner picks. Uh, you know, number one corner, number two corner. They're deep, folks. It's the walk of fame. Walk of fame defense right here, folks. Oh, man, oh, man. Just too easy right here. Taylor Heineke trying to step up in the pocket, and Kerr says, uh-uh, you're getting down for the sack. Here we go, third and six. They're down 42-7. to seven. You got to gotta move the six here, Taylor Heineke. You got to extend this drive. And he throws it about two yards short of the first down, and the Cowboys' walk of fame defense is there to break up the ball regardless. Here we go, Taylor Heineke. Nowhere to go with the ball, trying to escape the pressure. He tries to escape one, two, three, but then there's four, five, and six, and they bring him down. Easy peasy. They are just absolutely... Absolutely destroying Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke, look, he's about to cry, folks. This man looks like he's about to cry right now. Ron, Ron, can you get me out of here, please? Get Ron Rivera, can you get me out of here? And not only is this defense terrorizing Taylor Heineke, he's terrorizing the entirety of Washington's special teams by blocking the punt. Taylor, They can't even just have Taylor Heineke knee the ball three times and then punt it away. No, no, no. They, <laughs> the punter is blocked right here. Who blocks this punter right here? Off the edge. What do we got? Do I have his number here on my little cheat sheet I got? I don't think I do. Was that 53? 59 with the recovery. This is 32. 32 with the block? Clement? Oh my goodness. Get it. Get it, Clement. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. All right, here, here we go. Back to terrorizing Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke throws the ball, and that's broken up over the middle on fourth and one. Taylor Heineke, you couldn't be clutch for one play. You couldn't get it done for just one play on fourth and one, trying to get some momentum heading into next week, where luckily you don't have to face a defense as good as this. I, at least I don't think. I don't know who Washington has this week, but we know Walk of Fame defense is one of the best defenses in the league. All right, here we go. Another one. One more terrorization for Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke stepping up in the pocket. But when you step up in the pocket, you should know you're going to be brought down the next second. Brought down from behind here. Taylor Heineke just gets the ball out of his hands quickly here uh, because he doesn't want to get terrorized. So he lets Adam Humphreys get terrorized on a wide receiver screen. This isn't even Taylor Heineke anymore. They benched Taylor. They, they benched Taylor Heineke. He's playing, getting knocked, knocked around too bad they sent in Kyle Allen to take all the hits and all that so it doesn't matter who you put out there they're terrorizing everybody walk of fame defense folks the best defense in the league and absolutely absolutely folks I mean is there any question of course this Cowboys team is Super Bowl contenders congratulations I think this is one of the uh the only teams so far that we've upgraded actively 
Cowboys go from playoff contender to Super Bowl contender because of that walk of fame defense. Man, oh man, is it amazing. Holy cow. Woof. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us. We got we got to everything today. This is crazy. You better mark this in history of takes by fans, folks. We got through everything. We didn't have to cut anything short. How fantastic. How absolutely fantastic. So we're all good with our film studies. We don't have to try to squeeze in any of those uh, throughout the rest of the week. So tomorrow on the show, we're back live around noon Eastern. Probably get started a little bit closer to 11, 1130-ish. But uh, we'll still be here for an hour. We'll break down um, the NBA from last night. We'll predict and react to the lines for week 17. We'll talk through the Thursday night game. And then we'll start kind of going through who we believe is going to win the Super Bowl based on how we saw the final two weeks of the season wrap up. So we'll walk through the our playoffs that we have predicted. So. That's what we've got tomorrow on the show. Anything that uh, breaks, we will talk about as well. So let's see. Anything breaking as we were live? Anything we got to quickly touch upon before we get out of here? Or are we good to go? You can make a little bit, bit of money with us in the NBA tonight. We've got two picks going. Grizzlies minus six. Jazz minus seven. Swallowing a couple points here, but we feel good doing so, folks. So that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back live tomorrow, folks. Um, and I'll save the, uh, I didn't even want to bring this up, but I'll save this to the end of the show just in case um, nobody's listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> in case nobody's listening anymore. John Madden, RIP to him, obviously uh, a legend, a great, obviously it doesn't need to be said. Um, and uh, folks, I'm not being disrespectful by saying this. I'm just saying this. Do I believe in this? No. Do I think this could happen? Yeah, maybe. Uh, obviously no disrespect. I'm not being disrespectful, folks. I'm just saying. All right. Now we know John Madden did the kind of um, documentary where he kind of sat down and watched the film. They aired it Christmas Day. Uh, there was, like, no, not a lot of promo for that. Um, there was promo maybe, like, starting two months ago, but nobody really knew this thing was happening actively. Um, and then it releases on Christmas Day, and then, what, four or five days later, they say he's dead just unexpectedly. I think – oh, I don't think. I – it could. It could be that John Madden was deep faked into that interview into that kind of documentary, and that he's been dead for a while. That's all I'm saying is possible. It's just a little too coincidental. Uh, but overall, I'm not being disrespectful by saying that, folks. I'm not meaning any disrespect. I'm just saying, I'm literally just saying. It's it's being said, maybe. Okay? That's all I'm saying. A little too coincidental. Maybe it's a deep fake. Maybe he's been dead for a while. Maybe that's it. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. Okay, folks, we're out of here now. Um, all right, folks, we're back live around noon Eastern tomorrow. All right, folks, have a great one.